0: To all things eerie. This is Kathy. I'm your host. And today is a double recording <laughs> session. And so nothing much has changed since earlier this morning, except for my temper. It's still cold. Uh, anyways, some housekeeping. Still on Instagram from earlier this morning. It's Kathy B R D L Y, all things eerie. Twitter at Kathy B-R-D-L-Y. and podbean.com, All Things Erie from Erie PA, and Facebook FB forward slash M at All Things Eerie, that's Eerie with three E's, and uh, obviously still Spotify. Anyways, this week we are starting a part one of two-part series. The Butcher of Buffalo, believe it or not, there are technically three butchers of buffalo, and I did hold up three fingers because it is automatic to start doing those kind of things when you think people see you and they're not. They are the ones that are supposed to be listening to you. Anyways, third Buffalo uh, butcher of buffalo, he's actually a wrestler. The, but the first one that we're going to talk about His name is Joseph Christopher. He was born in Buffalo, New York. The second one was not, and we'll go over him next time. But uh, Joseph Christopher was an American serial killer who gained his infamy for a series of murders in the early 1980s. He's believed to have murdered at least 12 individuals and wounded numerous others. Like I said, born in Buffalo, New York, on July 26, 1955, and he was the son, the only son of Teresa Nay Hurley and Nicholas Nicholas Christopher. Now, from here on out, I'm just going to call him by his last name, Christopher, because of having two first names, it gets a little confusing. Well, Teresa, his mother, was a registered nurse, and Nicholas was a maintenance worker with the city's pro, uh, sanitation department. And Christopher was a middle child. He had an older sister and a younger sister. So he probably took a lot of crap from both ends of it. Nicholas enjoyed the outdoors and hunting and was the one who taught Joseph Christopher how to shoot and handle weapons at a young age, which being up around this area, it's not unusual, especially young boys going out hunting with their dads. They uh, tend to start that pretty young, especially deer hunting. Anyways, uh, which according to friends, Christopher loved the outdoors so much that it exceeded past all his other interests. Which again, it's not unusual up in this area. And Christopher enrolled in an automotive mechanics program at Burgerd Vocational High School in 1971. He, rem- he was remembered as a quiet student who did well in his shop courses for being before dropping out in early 1974. And they said he was very intelligent, though he wasn't book smart. Christopher went on to become the maintenance man at Canace Canaceous College, where he shared a midnight shift with a co worker. He was fired in March 1979 for sleeping on a job and returned to live with his parents. And I don't, Know many guys who worked night shift who had not nodded off here and there. And Christopher suffered from paranoid schizophrenia and reached out for assistance after he himself noticed his mental health slipping in 1978. This right here is unusual. A lot of folks who notice that there's something off, and I say this from experience. If you notice that there's something off and you start reaching out for help and somebody doesn't believe you, or they say, oh, It's all right, it's all in your head. And believe me, I've had that said to me. You look at them and you say, You're right, it is in my head. And I'm asking for help because pretty much this could have all been avoided. Literally, all been avoided. If one person does not listen to you, you move on and you go to the next person. That is my best advice to you. Christopher tried to admit himself to the Buffalo Psychiatric Center in September 1980. Now, I want you to keep that keep that uh, date in your head, September 1980. The Psychiatric Center told him he was not a danger to himself or others and so could not be admitted, which was commonplace at the time when such centers were being downsized. Instead, they recommended counseling therapy and they could never have been more wrong. Fourteen days afterwards, Christopher left the center and that's when the killings began. Now there's some, you're going to hear about some other things afterwards, but this This person reached out for help and was told no. He was offered counseling, counseling therapy. But, you know, it makes you wonder if that was part of his trigger. If that, like if that was the last straw. In some research, Christopher is viewed as a pathological racist. He, Christopher, started claiming his, his victims in September of 1980. He left an atmosphere of bigotry and violence that provoked a string of hostile confrontations in communities not known for racial animosity. And the reason being is you're gonna find out some of his about some of his victims. His legacy of death and hatred lingers to the present day as some several crimes connected to his rampage or inspired by it are officially unsolved. And you'll, and you'll hear about a couple of them. On September 22nd, 14 year old Glenn Dunn was shot four times. Uh, there were four shots into the car that Glenn Dunn was sitting in as he was killed outside a Buffalo Top supermarket. The victim had been sitting in a stolen car when he died, and the witness described the assailant as an unidentified white youth. Now, this car was sitting on the corner of Genesee and Floss and the witness, his last name was Odo. Now these are real names I'm not changing them like the witnesses so and these these people are much much older now. On September 23rd 32 year old Harold Green was shot twice in the head while dining at a Burger King restaurant in a parking lot. On Union Road in Chautauqua. Later that night, Emmanuel Thomas, age 30, was killed by a single shot to the head while walking down Zenner Street. Now that was seven blocks from the scene of Dunn's murder. No, I'm sorry, Otto uh, Otto was the witness to Harold, Harold Green's murder. Linda Schneider had gone to the same restaurant for lunch at approximately 1205 and was walking out of the restaurant when the shooting occurred. As she approached her car, she saw a man running behind the car next to hers, and that man ran to a restaurant that was adjacent to the Burger King and disappeared behind the corner. On September 24th, nearby Niagara Falls, Joseph McCoy became the fourth victim and was shot twice. And now keep in mind that all of these victims were shot on the left side of the head. Now the investigators found in all four cases, the victims were killed with the same gun. And then soon after the headlines followed with the 22 caliber killer. Now here's, here's the thing. And this is why people say that he's the cause of some, some animosity between the residents up there. The, the the, the black residents of Buffalo complained of non-existent police protection because The victims were all black. Now, because the residents were complaining of non existent police protection, this led to incidents, sporadic incidents of groups of blacks pelting motorists on the street. And on top of it, a cross was burned in Buffalo, and people's fears were voiced about the, the murders might. Be a preview of things to come like some pre- paramilitary race groups campaign of local genocide what ended up happening is that buffalo they they were having some issues between some racial groups on october 8th 71 year old parlor edwards he was a black taxi driver was found in the trunk of his car parked in the suburban Amherst, with his heart cut out and taken from the scene. On October 9th, 40 year old Ernest Jones, another cabbie, was found beside the Niagara River in Tawanda. The heart was missing from his chest. His blood splattered taxi was retrieved by police in Buffalo, three miles away. The local black community was on the verge of panic, which was made worse by an incident in a Buffalo hospital on October 10th. There was a Black patient, 37-year-old, was recuperating in his room when a white stranger appeared at his bedside and snarled. And I, and I can't say the one part because I, I just can't. I never have said the word, and, and I won't. I hate, and it's the unword. A nurse's arrival saved Cole from death by strangulation, but his condition was listed as serious, and Cole's severe damage to his throat. The descriptions of the perpetrator roughly matched eyewitness reports on the 22 caliber killer. Were they shown pictures first or asked to give a description? That's my only thing. Then on December 22nd in Manhattan, five black men and one Hispanic were—they were either victims of stabbings or killed in less than 13 hours. John, John Adams, he was 25 years old, He was the first victim, and he narrowly escaped death when he was knifed by a white assailant around 11.30 a.m. And then two hours later, 32-year-old Ivan Frazier was attacked on the street. He deflected the blade with his hand, only sustaining minor injuries before he was able to take off on foot, and but the next four victims were not so lucky. 19-year-old Louise Rodriguez, who worked as a messenger, was stabbed to death around 3.30 p.m. in what was described as an apparent holdup. by poli- And that was a quote by the police. And the apparent holdup part. No motives were found in the deaths of 30-year-old Anton Davis, who was sniped around 6.50 p.m., or 20-year-old Richard Renner, who was killed less than four hours later. Then the last victim, who was listed as a John Doe, was stabbed to death on the street near Madison Square Garden. While police searched for the Madison Midtown Slasher, that's when 31-year-old Roger Adams, he was a black man, was stabbed to death in Buffalo on December 29th. Wendell Barnes, 26, was fatally wounded in rochester on december 30th however albert Menfree from buffalo survived a knife wound nicked his heart the following day larry little and calvin crippen survived their attacks that happened separately but with minor injuries january 6th police announced that the recent attacks and or stabbings were probably linked with the buffalo unsolved 22 cowboys caliber shootings, but still seemed to have no suspect. And then 12 days later in Georgia, Private Joseph Christopher, age 25, was ar- arrested at Fort Benning for slashing a black GI. And the search of his former home in Buffalo turned up large quantities of 22 caliber ammunition, a gun barrel, and two sawed-off rifle stocks then they learned that Christopher had joined the army November 13th, arriving at Fort Benny six days later and was absent from December 19th to January 4th with a bus ticket recording his arrival in Manhattan on December 20th. And so got to remember, never keep evidence or souvenirs. Then on May 6, 1981, Christopher was hospitalized with self-inflicted wounds. <clears throat> and then Christopher bragged to a nurse about his involvement in the September slayings around Buffalo. Christopher was charged 4 days later with 3 of the local shooting deaths, a fourth murder count added to the list on June 29th, plus the charges that were related to the non-fatal non-fatal Buffalo stabbings in December 1980, and January 1981. In New York, the indictments were returned, to the murder of, returned in the murder of Luis Rodriguez and the non-fatal stabbings of Ivan F- Frazier. October 1981, Christopher waived his right to a jury trial in Buffalo, putting his fate into a judge's hands. Then two months later, he was found mentally incompetent to stand for trial, but the ruling was reversed by the following April of 1982. On April 27th, after 12 days of testimony, Christopher was convinced, or convicted on three counts of first-degree murder, drawing a prison turn of 60 years to life. September 1983, Christopher gave inter- interviews for Buffalo journalists where he estimated that his murder spree had claimed a minimum of 13 lives. Reporters made note that Christopher did not deny the grisly murders of parler Edwards and Ernest Jones but as such no charges have yet been filed in those cases and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in in the information that i have the reason why they don't they don't think it was him in july of 1985 christopher christopher's buffalo conviction was overturned on the grounds that the judge had improperly barred testimony showing christopher's mental incompetence And three months later, a jury in Manhattan rejected Christopher's insanity plea, convicting him of the murder of Louise Rodriguez and wounding of Ivan Frazier. And I found two articles that were written in the New York Times about this. And here's one from February 18th, 1982. The the director of Mid Hudson State Psychiatric Center stated that the 26 year old army private charged with the murders in New York City. Buffalo and Niagara Falls had been found mentally competent to stand trial. Dr. Teigen, uh, Techman, uh, came to the hort- came to a court hearing at the hospital, which opened the way for the return of the soldier, Joseph G. Christopher. And I have to admit, I don't like it when they call him a soldier. Even though I've been reminded that once you enlist and you put the uniform on, you are considered a soldier. He enlisted in November. He barely had time to even get a haircut while he was there. And he left and went on a killing spree. He slashed at a, another a soldier's throat. He slashed him. And then that's how he was caught. If he had left things alone... He would have been fine. He actually probably would have gotten away with it if he had been, if he had just not done anything. But he couldn't. And that's why you can't call him a soldier, because when you're a soldier, yes, you are brothers in arms, but the sol- the uniform is what makes you one. You don't look past that uniform until until you're like in your bunk and stuff like that you don't see the color of someone's skin you are brothers under the skin brothers and sisters i should say that skin color gender means nothing it it's a bond so he was not a soldier i'm sorry he just was not He he was a sick individual, sick in the mind and sick in the heart. Techman uh, came to a court hearing that opened the way for the return of Christopher to Erie County, where he faced the murder charges on separate shootings of three men in Buffalo. It uh it means it meant that he could. Also, be tried in New York City, where he was accused of the fatal, fatal shab- stabbing of a teenage boy, including w- one other man. And it spoke about the homicide in Niagara Falls, where Christopher had pled not guilty to all five charges, and that about how he was an involuntary patient at the hospital and had requested the hearing, at the hearing that he had, that he be released, which you have to admit, pretty ballsy. Judge Gerald Delaney of the Orange County Court postponed the decision because it had appeared Christopher would be returning to Erie County anyways because of Techman's statement and that he would, he was now going to be a suspect in nine murders The main suspect, according to law enforcement, of nine black and dark-skinned men in New York State, including the four in Manhattan, I can speak goodly, in the one day. And it also pointed out that Christopher was white. And the mental health officials wouldn't comment on exactly when he would return to Erie County, or whether it was going to be a formal court procedure, if it was necessary for the transfer, or that, you know, when the, you know, transfer was actually going to happen. So, but I'm sure they were going to cross their T's and dot their I's because the psychiatric system at that point had dropped the ball considerably the state supreme court justice of Erie County William Flynn now and i have to explain this Erie County there's Erie County and then there's little Erie County that the Erie County that i'm t- talking of talking about is actually in New York and then we have i live in Erie County which is in Pennsylvania and it's very confu- it's very confusing And when you're looking things up on a computer, you have to you have to specify Erie County, PA, Erie County, New York. So the Erie County when I'm saying Erie County, this is Erie County, New York. William, this court justice William Flynn had sent Christopher to the hospital in December because he found him unfit to understand the nature of the charges he was facing or even the ability to participate in his own defense. Benjamin Altman had been an acting Supreme Court justice in Manhattan and made the same ruling 10 days ago based on the evidence from the Erie County decision. And you will find that most judges don't like to overturn another judge's decision if it's made in a sound, if they think it's sound. If they're reading it and it's sound, They don't like to overturn it. And that's here in Pennsylvania also. It doesn't, they don't like to overturn anything. It, I mean, superior court judges and stuff like that, I guess it depends on the, it depends on the case. It depends on what's going on. It depends on what kind of appeal you have, whatever. But you will find that most judges do not like to overturn another judge's decision I guess unless it's you're talking about someone who's running for a seat or something like that, you know, and one's Republican and one's Democrat and one's trying to get over on the other. But nine times out of 10, they're not going to I have yet to see one that really likes to overrule on another one. Where was I? I'm sorry. Rant over. And there's a uh, quote in here. It's my staff's opinion that Christopher presently is fit to stand trial this is from dr techman a mental health department official said that techman would send a letter to the erie county district attorney certifying christopher's competence to stand trial now you you have two judges saying nope this guy does not have a clue as to what's going on in these trials he has no clue as to understanding why he's even here what these proceedings are about or even how he's even handling what's going on in the courtroom. And this doctor is like, yeah, he does. He's just fucking fooling with you. He he absolutely knows exactly what's going on. And he is just pulling a wool over your eyes. So Christopher's competency arose the prior October when he had waived his rights to a trial by jury. Now this is gonna come up later on because this guy is not dumb. He really is not dumb. He really tried pulling everything. So moving forward to October of '85, he's finally convicted of stabbing a man to death as he walked along Madison Avenue between 40th and 41st Streets in December of 1980. The Chris, Christopher was also found guilty of stabbing the man on an a man on an E train in Manhattan the same day. Sentencing was set. For that November fourteenth, and authorities described the attacks as racially motivated. So, Christopher, who's white, was convicted of the murder of Louise Rodriguez, who was the nineteen-year-old messenger, and the attempted murder of Ivan Fraser forty, who was the Bronx cook. <clears throat> Sentenced to life terms in May of 1982 after being convicted of fatally shooting three black men in Buffalo in September of 1980. So, but however, the state court of appeals overturned those convictions in July because the trial judge barred the defense from present presenting expert psychiatric testimony about Christopher's fitness and to stand trial. You need to remember that because we're going to, we're going to dig into a little bit about that Again, He's smart. He really is. He's smart. Christopher was still waiting to hear uh, to face charges in the death of a black man in Niagara Falls, <clears throat> New York, um, following the September 1980. He was still waiting for that, and he's and and he still wasn't charged up to this point about the two taxi drivers. He still wasn't charged on those. Uh, in the opening statement for dist- uh, Assistant District Attorney. G- James Fogel, he mentioned that while hospitalized at Fort Benning, Georgia, after trying to kill a black fellow army recruit, Christopher had bragged to the nurses that he had killed black men in Buffalo in New York City. Christopher's defense attorney, Richard Syracuse, told the jury of seven women and five men that Christopher should be acquitted. He is not a well person. His vision of reality has nothing to do with ours. So his attorney is going on the defense of that he, if he can't get him for showing that he's not competent, I'm still going to walk this around that look at him. Just look at him. He, he still does not have that capacity there. You can totally see it. Okay. So the attorney was still going for an incompetent incompetency defense because he was, paranoid schizophrenic he was not there all the way but however he did have the sense to go and join the army and they did let him in but there was some things that had happened since what we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to talk about his trial because when he when he meaning christopher was convicted he was convicted all right so we're going to talk about his trial christopher when he was on trial and they they went in he had been imprisoned in the fort Benning stockade he was in there uh in January of 1981 and then he was awaiting charges so while awake, while awaiting charges he started to begin to fear that his food the food that he was being served was poison okay so he he lost like between 25 and 30 pounds and this is stuff that I found in the, the trial transcripts. He had his last his last couple murders. He got picked up while he was down in Georgia. And he was he was thrown in stockade. And he was taken to the psych unit there, which was called the B4 ward at the base hospital. He was then released for a little bit and then he returned to the stockade after he uh, the the Not the stockade, but the psych ward after he had cut himself with a razor blade. And Captain Bernard Burgess, uh, the staff nurse, was on B Ward, conducted the intake interview of Christopher for the readmission. And on April 10th, 1981, during the standard questioning and answer session, Christopher asked Burgess if he was aware of the killings in Buffalo. And when Burgess replied he was not, the defendant told him he had killed 13 people, some with a twenty-two. and when asked why, the defendant replied that he had an in, uncontrollable impulse. Christopher also told Burgess that he had intended to inform the law enforcement and made similar admissions to Specialist Christopher Corwin, who was an MP assigned to guard Christopher while at the psych Psych unit and Lieutenant Dorothy Anderson, a psych nurse on the B4 ward. Like I said, I got this information from the uh, transcripts. Then on April 24th, eight, in 81 Christopher asked to speak to Captain Aldrich Johnson, the officer in charge of Fort Benning's stockade. And Johnson was aware of Christopher's prior conversations, but still engaged in the lengthy conversations even after johnson made christopher aware that if he would report that he would report anything to his superiors if the defendant told him and at one point a female friend of johnson stopped by and flat out asked christopher if he had committed the crimes in buffalo and the defendant's response was people say i did and they spoke again on april 25th and 6th during the routine checks of the facility by johnson the conversations were initiated by the defendant. I want you to keep all of this in mind as we go on. Then also, the 20, April 25th, a dietary request was made. On the 26th, permission was asked for a musical instrument. And when Johnson approached the defendant, Sal, d- the defendant told him, meaning Christopher, told him he had done the thing in Buffalo, Johnson asked if Christopher wanted to speak with detectives from Buffalo, but he declined. The last conversation was overheard by correction specialist Richard Morgan st- Stern. So, with that being said, with Morgan Stern overhearing the the conversation that co- corroborated what people were saying, he said so. Then warrants were um, to search his home. At 89 Weber Street in Buffalo, the shed and adjacent that was adjacent to the home and a family hunting camp in Ellington, New York, were then sought by the police on April 22nd in '81. And we know what they found. They found the the guns, the ammunition. The there was also a jacket that was found. There were also hunting knives, uh, several hunting knives. So, and then warrants were issued various those various items were seized and then a, a lineup was uh subsequently held on may twelfth eighty one where otto did not ID Christopher and he had later told an officer who previously questioned him he could not he could make an ID and then Otto which this whole conversation is like really weird. Otto then made the the id on christopher as the man who shot dunn because otto initially did not want to quote unquote get involved i mean this is your friend supposedly i mean i get this guy's probably scary as shit but he isn't going anywhere and then christopher was arraigned on march or may 11th 81 and then an order directing the examination of christopher pursuant to cpl article 730 was granted basically a competency hearing he was examined by two different doctors and was found fit i want you to keep keep all of this in mind he uh christopher christopher himself christopher himself he did not want to be declared unfit he was afraid that a jury would be prejudiced against him and that's why he wanted a trial judge in some instances, you were taking a huge gamble, but depending on what you did, it might make sense. I mean, it's, there are, there are a lot of people that cannot put anything aside, feelings aside. They cannot put them in a box and and wipe them away. And then when Christopher asked to be declared fit for trial, he was it. You know, he was it was granted. He did not want his psych testimony admitted. Which was granted, and he he didn't want what's heard at Fort Benning considered private conversation that they could not testify, meaning the nurses. They were I, the items that were seized at the home they were the warrant was based on his admissions. Christopher's after all of this, okay, again, he had Christopher was adamant that he not be declared unfit, okay? I mean, seriously, I mean, it was it was a huge thing for him. He did not want to be declared unfit. He wanted that trial judge, okay? They gave that to him. But then he raises this appeal, which is his right. I mean, it is. I mean, it's his, his right that he can have an appeal, all right? but he raises it on seven contentions okay one being he was denied due process of law because the court refused to allow him to be present to present expert psych testimony and to co- and a second competency hearing two the court erred on erred in accepting his jury waiver <clears throat> meaning you knew I was doing something wrong that I shouldn't have chosen the trial judge, that I should have taken the jury. What were you thinking? Three, that he was deprived of a fair trial by a reason of prosecution's failure to turn over favorable firearms evidence prior to trial. Four... Warrants issued for the search of Christopher's home and other places were not supportable by cause. Five, hearing court error in refusing to suppress certain conversations between himself and various persons at Martin Army Base. <clears throat> Six, refusing to serve the, three, uh, the second degree murder counts, or mur- refusing to sever the, th- the three second murder degree counts and seven, Christopher's convictions under the second and third counts of the indictment were based on insufficient evidence. So what he's saying is that you knew I was doing something, I was making bad decisions, and yet you should have, you really should have held my hand the whole time and you should have said no 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 now that that isn't what you want to do because you know if you do that we're gonna find more things against you and you know it, it's it's just it's just not the smart thing to do and it's just you know there's there's reasons why they have, these laws because if they hadn't accepted you know his petitions and stuff like that the court would have been in a lot of trouble for example if he in the first one about he was de- denied due process of law because the court refused to allow him to present expert psych testimony in a second competency hearing the reasoning That he was, uh, he was not deprived of due process. He himself steadfastly maintained that he was competent to stand trial and refused to request that a second hearing be held. He went so far as to argue that no hearing should be held under Article 730 since neither he nor the district attorney had requested one. These were the words from the transcript, directly from the transcript. No hearing should be held under Article 730 since neither he nor the district attorney had requested one. So why would they want to do another one if he doesn't want one? It doesn't make any sense. And then the defendant's second contention is that the court erred in accepting his written jury waiver. The defendant has a constitutional right to waive a jury trial trial. New York um, people v. Davis and people v. Dushin. The court completely explained the requirements of a jury waiver, informed the defendant of the difference between jury and non-jury trials, and advised the defendant not to waive his right to be tried by a jury because the advantages of it offered to a criminal defendant. Defendant consistently stated he understood what the court was saying, but persisted in his request for a jury waiver. <sighs> it it never fails of the fact that you didn't listen to me. You knew what I needed. You should have held my hand. But it's okay. I want to go on and kill people. Look, folks, this guy, he knew what he did was wrong. It was... It was wrong of him to do what he did. He did reach out, which is a smart thing. Was he let down? Yes. What Did he fall through the cracks? Absolutely. However, once he was at a certain point, he was somewhere safe where he could get help. He should have re- reached out again and said, look, this is what's wrong with me. I need help and he could have gotten help and it would have have saved so many people. It would have saved, it could have saved more people. So, but anyways, like I said, it's okay that we're not all what's considered normal. Nobody's normal, at least that I know of. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you know, or you're at some point in your life where you need help, it's okay to ask. So, Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this. I know I enjoyed the research. It definitely was interesting. This is Kathy signing off.